take over doubt, we gon' make it Show the world that I shine in our greatness Keep it real, never gon' fake this Till we make it, till we make it Taking off, flying high like a spaceship Hello everybody, this is Danny with Shake the Earth Podcast We've got some special guests on today Ethan Brown and Megan Brown They are the founders of the Sweet Tooth Fairy um, I've known Ethan and Megan for, oh, what, 10 years now? It's roughly. gotta be and uh, they've got a pretty cool story, a pretty sweet story that they're going to share today. Um, why don't you guys talk a little bit about what the Sweet Tooth Fairy is, how you start it, and we're going to dive into some of these practices that we were talking about um, and how you built this brand. So tell us how it started, where you were. I remember where you were. <laughs> uh, but tell us a little bit about that. All right. So the Sweet Tooth Fairy is a gourmet bake shop, and we specialize in all things sweet from cookies to cakes to brownies to ice cream just pretty much anything like that um but kind of where it all started was my kitchen counter when I was a little girl you know just sitting up in the kitchen hanging out with my mom there um and that's really where I learned to love the what I consider an art form uh, for baking and just throughout my life I just spent a lot of time in there it was kind of like my creative outlet and as I got older, like I found myself um, always working kind of in the food industry. I worked in a bakery in high school. When I came to college, I worked, you know, different restaurants and serving and whatnot. Um, anyway, there's lots of boring details in between, but um, Ethan and I, we were married and um, I was kind of just doing catering stuff like on the side and he jumped in and would help with events and you know we would do corporate gifting and um anyway we kind of found ourselves jobless <laughs> it was it was in 2008 and perfect time to start a business yeah exactly or get a job right yeah like, yeah 2008 uh the market had crashed ethan was working um in the housing industry for a company that was directly tied to the housing market and so he waltzed into work one day and they were like, thanks, no but no thanks. <laughs> you know, here's all your stuff. Everyone in your department has been At that point, we had been doing Sweet Tooth Fairy out of the house. Yeah, we were just. We were doing a lot of custom cakes and, and custom catering orders and that sort of thing. And so we were both going to work nine to five and then doing that it, on the side. It was like a side hobby. It was a total. You liked it. You loved yeah, doing it was it. just yeah. it was just for fun. Like I had been working for a U.S. congressman. Um I had a full-time job there. He had been working, you know, he had a full-time job as well. And so this, it was a total hobby that I just loved to do. Did, did you ever think, fun. did you ever think, okay, this is going to, at some point this is going to turn into more than just a hobby? So yes, but it was. But you were probably weren't ready for no, it. No, right? not ready okay. for it. And definitely not like, not a plan. It was just like down the road. It would be so fun if we ever had a store and like, I feel like I always knew it was going to be bigger than just us in our basement. Yeah. But it was never like I had some plan to execute how that was actually going to happen. But it kind of just happened <laughs> because... You were forced into it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the great thing with Meg is that she can see, you know, 100, 100 years down the road. She sees the long view vision and uh, doesn't have to work or doesn't get hung up on the little details that you're trying, the obstacles you're trying to overcome 
in the moment. Yeah. That was my job. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think a lot say, of people. Wait, we, we, we got to pay mortgage. We got to take care <laughs> yeah. of kids. A lot of people, that's when they quit. Like is when they actually realize, okay, my, my day-to-day needs aren't met. I'm not going to, I can't pursue this anymore. I have to go get sure. a day job to, and then, and then like their hobbies or their real passions kind of fall by the wayside. Yeah. Right? So that's, you know, I mean, I think what you're saying is that I am not based in reality. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Really? No, no, no. I'm well, totally like most kidding. entrepreneurs are not. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. Like There's a definite skill set to be no. able to see a vision. You know, when we're making cakes for for a, um, a birthday party, and they're spending a couple, you know, a few, few hundred dollars on a first birthday cake that's ornate, I'm worried about every specific detail, and she's all obviously taking care of that. But in the back of her mind, she's thinking. How can we how can we take this to everybody? How can we make sure that we help everyone have a memory like this for their first birthday? Yeah. Uh, and so she has this in the back of her mind at all times. She has this vision of I know where I want to take it. Um, mm-hmm. Where I would say I'm I'm more like yeah that's great, but let's figure out what we can get, <laughs> get, get back through today. To reality. So, but that's been a uh, where we've worked well together. Where um, she excels in a lot of areas, I don't, and vice versa. So. So this year is how many years? Nine since we opened our store, our first store. Yeah. So like nine and a half pretty much. Yeah. So in January, it'll be 10 years. Um, And it's interesting because so my dad was an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and um, I don't even think I really knew what that meant until we started down this journey. But I just always, you know, I would see him up late in the garage tinkering or in the office, or he was, you know, always off just doing what I considered at the time, probably like random jobs, random work, but I knew he didn't work for anyone. He worked with people, but he didn't have a nine to five type thing. So I was kind of used to just like, all right, you just think that, do you think that played into your, into you becoming an entrepreneur? Yes, for sure. Looking back on it. 100%. Because when we were operating out of our home, I mean, Utah has a cottage food, uh, like they have a license they can issue you through through the Department of Agriculture. So you can like legally and lawfully make stuff and sell it out of your home. And so that's which, what we which were- Which is a funny story that I remember about you. <laughs> yeah. Like I've known you since you were making them in your house. Yeah. Uh, we have mutual friends and I would go over to your place and steal your cake bites <laughs> yes. from your counter. You wouldn't know. Yeah. And, well, now I do. Uh, so. Now you know I'm confessing to you and <laughs> you can expect a check in the mail yeah. from me. <laughs> Thank you. But like I remember that. Like I remember it was, and it's cool for me to be able to look back and see all that you've done. And, I, and that's what I want to go into is like where you started. Sure. Really not thinking you were an entrepreneur, being forced into kind of diving into it, both of you. And then also how the two of you have made it work because it cannot be easy, you know, always working together because there's right. different personality traits, there's different ro- roles and responsibilities, but like, and how you've been able to grow this to what it is today, which is quite impressive. Well, that's nice of you to say. <laughs> um, okay. So, so yeah, so we're, we're so, so now where me, do you want to, so, so, so what I want to go back to is like, you lose your jobs. <clears throat> yeah. Like you're faced with this decision. Do you go and do you go get another job, uh, right. which is, which is a logical and safe move that a lot of people make. Right. Or do you go and double, basically double down and say, yeah. okay, we're going to invest a lot of time, resources, energy into building what this vision is. Right. right? So that's kind of where, um, going back to the entrepreneurial thing. And I think 
I'm, I'm hoping this will resonate with a lot of people, but for me, it was just something that like I knew we needed to do. It was like, you know, when you have that thought, that impression, whatever you want to call it, where it's like, you can't stop thinking about it. You're planning just everything that's going on in your heart and your mind is like, this is going to happen. A little bit of obsessive goop. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, and it wasn't and, for the money, huh? No, 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 not at all. Cause I mean, no, I mean, we did, we just were kind of shooting from the hip, but it was something that for me, I was like, I know we need to do this. And so, um, once Ethan was on board, not that he wasn't ever fully opposed to, but again, he's so amazing and he like everything has to make sense on paper in order for this to be, you know, our livelihood. But we would go and talk with friends, with, um, you know, family and say, hey, here's kind of this idea. And when you would look at it on paper, and I remember specifically talking with my mom at one point, and she's like, why would you do this? Like, you you know, if you operate out of your home, you know, we had two little kids at the time. Um, we were, our mortgage was essentially our rent that we would otherwise would be an additional cost that we would incur if we were to take it out of our home. I mean, there were just, it didn't really make a lot of sense. I talked to my former boss and he told me it was a terrible, terrible idea. I love you, Chris, but <laughs> Chris, <laughs> Chris, love you. We'll, we'll give you a chance <clears throat> but, to explain um, yourself. but it was just something that I was like, okay, thanks, but no, th- you know, thanks for your input. But I still just felt like even though it didn't make, it didn't maybe pencil out on paper, it was something that we were going to do. And I am just kind of the personality that I just thought, you know, I don't want to live my life thinking like I shoulda, woulda, coulda, or what if. Um, And so we, we got into like a one year lease. We just drove around our little city, like looking for places that were open. We had no clue what we were doing in terms of like market research or, you know, foot traffic or anything. I was just like, we just need a space so we're not meeting people in obscure parking lots, <laughs> like yeah. giving, doing a cake <laughs> delivery, you know? So anyway, we we kind of, um, we went, we talked to my grandma, bless her sweetheart, and, um, and we talked to Eve's dad, and they both, they gave us a loan. A little bit of money. A little bit a little of money. money. It wasn't... It wasn't a time. I mean, it's still a lot of money, but it was about twenty grand altogether. We spent a lot of time on Craigslist, just getting equipment. And my, you know, my family, my brothers helped out with building out the shop. Eve was still working at the time, so you know, he spent a lot of time going to work, and then. <clears throat> I was working with East Coast clients, and so yeah. I'd get to work. Uh, being in Utah, I'd get to work at seven a.m. so I could. Um, be closer when they were getting into work. So I'd work from seven till five. And then after that, we'd go to the shop and figure out what we could do to help the contractor and kind of speed things up as far as the build out. Um, and then once things were open, we were, I would help Meg get there, get the kids situated, um, wash dishes, mop floors. like. Yeah. And this is all before 7 a.m. or after five. And 5 I should clarify, like I lost my job first. Yeah. And, um, and it was, and so, but when we like opened the store, it was just a couple months after that Ethan yeah. had. And but I had this like cushy federal employee gig that was that I had been doing for nine <laughs> years up until then. And so you thought you were safe. Totally. Yeah. So anyway. Um, but yeah. And so. So it worked. D- describe you the know? feeling of like when you when you finally started investing either your money or other people's money, because I 
I'm an entrepreneur as well. You kind of know, but like, I always have this, this, this rush, this feeling of like adrenaline and like fear and doubt and excitement. Anytime I put resources, you know, whether it's a thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars into anything, you always have that moment where you, you actually hand it over to somebody or something. And like, what was that like? Do you remember feeling, okay, we're going to borrow this money. We're going to pay a contractor. We're going to sign a lease. Like what were those feelings at that time? Like, do you want to do, it's you, scary as all get out. Scary. Even, yeah. even once you have that money, it's very scary because you know the potential. You see where it's going to go. Yeah. But I think it's a defense mechanism where your brain automatically goes to, well, what if this happens or that happens? or, And it starts creating this list in your mind of all the things that are – all the bad things that are inevitably going to happen. And so when you have that idea in concept in your mind, you're like, well, I could see where Sweet Tooth Fairy could go in five or ten years and uh, and how great it could be for our family and other people's families. Um, it's safe there. There's no action you have to take. Yeah. And so it's kind of a comforting feeling. Like, yeah. that's amazing. That's a great idea. But when you start to apply, like, okay, now we need to pay a contractor. Now we need yeah. to go drive down to Vegas because we can get a piece of equipment there for $500 less than in Salt Lake. So let's you know make the sacrifice to do that. It gets very scary yeah. because you're like, well, what if the equipment doesn't work? Or what if... Um, you all know, of like the problems don't of show reality up, like set in. Right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and so for you sure. start um, you start kind of getting in your own way. Um, what if, if you're not careful and keep keep uh, that per- in perspective? You obviously went. You obviously pushed through that, right? I mean, because here you are, ten years later, almost. And did we push through? Uh, <laughs> maybe. Well, well yeah. I, I, we were talking before the podcast of like you're constantly having to reevaluate yourself and your business and the decisions you're making every single day. For sure. And like, I know for me, you never really get to a safe place. No. Like you're, you're always either reinvesting or hiring more people or you're deciding we're going to expand more. We're going to open up more stores. Yeah. It's like you're constantly putting yourself in what I call like you have to get used to being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. Well, I think uh, a lot of people think that like you've made it or success or whatever you want to call it is this line in the sand that yeah. once you've crossed, you don't have those issues. You've overcome those issues. And I don't think that's the what, what it is at all. It's in the moment, what are you doing to create little wins or little successes? Um, and so that those thoughts in the back of your mind of what if things fall apart tomorrow or what if, you know, what if this bad thing happens? Those never go away. Never goes away. In fact, probably get a little bit bigger, you know, because you have more on the line if you have, so you know, mm-hmm. a few stores that all go <clears throat> down tomorrow. You now have a few landlords you got to figure out how to pay. So I <laughs> yeah. guess Biggie, Biggie was correct, like, mo money, mo problems. Like, <laughs> it's like... I wouldn't even say the there. money part, yeah. just, yeah. uh, just, just more problems. Mo, just, uh, yeah, yeah. Just more problems. Just more problems is the exactly. harder you try. But I, I think what you can do, though, is you create kind of a tendency to, yes, that could happen. That negative thing could happen. But you know from previous experience that even if it does, it's not going to. Probably not the end well, of the world. It's not going to be the end of the world. Yeah. yeah. And I have to say, too, like I, m- my dad. I rely a lot. My dad has since passed away, but um, I rely a lot on his little bits of wisdom that, you know, he taught us as kids. And one of the things was just that he would always say is just like, at the end of the day, it's all going to work out, you know? And so even, I mean, we've had stores that we've opened and they've performed for a few years. And then after we, 
analyzed kind of the numbers and we've made decisions to close them just because, you know, you kind of weigh out the, the risks and the benefits. And, and so some might call that, you know, or a store failing or whatnot. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, it's going to be fine. We're going to, we're going to deal with it one way or another, and we're going to move on and time's going to pass and we're going to be able to have the hindsight of what would we have done differently? Would we maybe have put it somewhere else or would we have, you know, hired differently? Whatever, you know, whatever it is, you kind of, you look at it as an opportunity to grow and to shift and adapt and change. And so I think just kind of having that perspective of like, and, and, and that's kind of going back to just the dynamic in our relationship. I'm kind of just way more like, whatever happens keep happens rolling. keep rolling like we're going to we're going to get knocked down but we'll get up again yeah and Ethan's <laughs> we like were. um bank account yeah. finances accounting yeah process yeah but and and we've always said you know our worst case scenario <clears throat> is still pretty okay like yeah. we we can we can pick up the pieces and we feel a heavy responsibility to our franchise partners and to our employees and um and so you always have that going as a motivating factor. But again, we just we feel like if we stay committed to the reason why we're doing this and to our passion and we hold tight to that, even though it's hard sometimes, right, to still sometimes we lay in bed at night and we're like, all right, what what's what's give me the number that it would take for us <laughs> to walk away from this. Sometimes it's a twenty dollar bill. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reality just of it, though. Yeah, That's just to be like, what are we doing? Why are we worth this? But it always comes back. You know, I think me personally, you might feel differently, but it just always comes back to that. Like, no, this is what we chose. This is the bed we we made. We're gonna lay in it, and at the end of the day, it's it's all gonna be okay. And even if we make mistakes and we have failures, as some would call it we can grow and and use that as a new, you know, calibrated platform to then a jumping off point to be like, okay, well, here we are now in this moment. What are we going to do to move forward to just to keep going? You know, I really think what you said there is impactful, especially for anybody listening. Like that's where most people stop. Mm-hmm. Like I think, I think there, if you look at, at people like yourselves or successful entrepreneurs or people that are really good at, let's just say anything, sports, whatever it might be, there's a time where they question and say, is it worth it? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people say, you know what, it's not worth it. Like it's not at all worth me keep you know going sure. and doing something. For a prolonged amount of time, If the even if the benefit is there, some people may say it's not even worth it, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think you were telling me, Ethan, like last week or a couple of weeks ago, like you might have a week, in a week you might have, five losses. Like each day could be a loss, right? But you have two of those days that are wins. Most people look at that as like, well, that's a failure. Like you're underperforming. But the way you look at it, like together as a couple and business owners and like entrepreneurs is like, that's all you need. Yeah. Like really, if you're winning two times out of seven days, like you can grow and build a business. Yeah. Most if people I, see that. that ratio at 10 to 20%, I'm <laughs> yeah. happy. Yeah. And, I again, have and again, when we say, every 10, when we say losses, people don't really know what goes into all the hard work that goes into running and starting a business, like starting a business, right. running a business, like sure. headcount, employees. Like I want to go into that as well because to give some perspective sure. on how labor intensive your business is because it is, right? Yeah. And you have a lot of people 
that rely on you. And yeah. how many locations do you have? So we have nine locations okay. now. Yeah, and here in Utah and in Arizona. Um, and one of the things we often say too is like we didn't know what we didn't know. Yeah. Right. Like you go into it and you're being, like being naive is sometimes really good because it gets you into the door and then sometimes sure. you're like wow I am an idiot for doing yeah, this. Like, <laughs> right. I would never have done that knowing all the problems. Oh that, no! Like just things yeah. like payroll taxes. Like yeah. What are, you don't think about that. <laughs> what are those? You know. I have to pay an accountant <clears throat> now like to do my taxes. Like, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah. So between. Between those locations, there's about 150. Yeah, probably about 150. We have the nine retail locations. We have a central kitchen that helps service them, and it also fulfills um, our web sales. And so we have staff there as well. And then um, the franchisor uh, entity uh, Mm -hmm. that is more training and support for the franchises and stuff. So of, of all of those. We have about 150. Yeah. So at any given moment, you have 150 people who are depending on the decisions you're making every day. Right. I mean, <laughs> when no, you put no, it that way, <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, right? there's no pressure. No pressure. Like, <clears throat> and that's it's it's also humbling, but it's also like you all the decisions you've made up to this point, the good and the bad, because surely you've made bad decisions. Sure, like we all do, and I've made them. But like all of that is like a culmination of what you're doing now. Like those people rely on that, right? Right. Well, and I think too. I mean, just like the market changes and. Mm you know, technology becomes a factor and just convenience and whatnot. And so again, you kind of have to, you know, maybe a system or a concept that we had established eight years ago, fast forward to now, maybe it's a little outdated or we we need to catch up with, you know, the businesses that are jumping in right now where they already have this, you know, technology or convenience or whatever you, whatever it is that you want to call it. But and yeah, and how do you keep how do you keep cupcake cupcakes and cake bites and cakes like relevant to all the changes that are happening, right? Like yeah. how, and how do you utilize like technology on demand or, you know, direct to home shipping, which is yeah. you, know, you guys are getting into that and then also some of your like strategic partnerships with with uh, some of these big companies I'll let you talk about, but like you're always constantly having to adapt. Like is something as simple as like a beautiful cupcake has to be adaptable today to mm-hmm. me like my kids are on social media or going to be on social media. And like, how do you use social media to right. introduce a cupcake to help. for crying out loud? Like it's, yeah. it's constantly changing. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. No. It, well, and that's, I think where our, why we, we always refer to it as our why, but why are we in business? Why is Sweet Tooth Fairy around? And this may be, you know, something that is specific to us, but also transferable to some of your listeners in that we're not, we didn't, Megan didn't have these ideas to create this brand so that we could make a million dollars. The, the idea was that so much of this life is experiential and we want to experience memories, right? So our um, mission statement is baking memories one yeah. batch at a time, which may be a little cliche or cheesy or whatever. Super cheese ball, but it works. It, I love we try it. to keep it light. I love it. But we go back to that when we've run into these difficult um issues or even as we're experiencing success and and the stores are doing well we're, we always keep that in the back of our mind or are we allowing our customers our employees and ourselves to have great memories um and and i think that has helped us kind of stay on a, a path that is uh, keeping us headed in the right direction i love that like I, I tell some of our employees and and just people that we work with like your why has to be greater than the than the daily challenges you face mm-hmm. 
For if it sure. is, then that's your de- that's like that's your safe place. Always in the storm is that's your default. Yeah, your why. Like it might be your kids, it might be your family, it might be this vision to bake, you know, memories mm-hmm. every single day with people. Because again, you're not you're not selling cupcakes, right? No, I I can go do that. Probably not as good as this. <laughs> I know not. But like what you're doing is you're providing parents and uh, kids with a reason to connect. For exactly, right? and that's that's the beauty of it. You're actually creating something of value. It just so happens that your medium is cupcakes. Oh, yeah, right? exactly. I mean, for for me, like it's so it's so my definition of success is when you know we get pictures sent in or emails or just talking to people, customers like oh, we had your cupcakes at our little girl's first birthday party or the wedding or, you know, birthdays, graduations, funeral. I mean, just whatever it is, all these life moments that we all experience, knowing that our stuff is part of okay. those. The, the, the connection. The, the connection. Yeah. That's for me where I, like, that is success for me. Just that's that's what makes me give me all the feels, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's really like we've, it's we've, really special. special. I, I love that. And, and this hopefully will tie into that because um, we've talked a lot about how hard things are mm-hmm. and you guys have been super open. I think that's the real part of this conversation. I want to talk about some of the like the tipping points and some of the, the home runs because you guys have done a lot of things, right? Like you've, well. I, I remember, I <laughs> remember, <generous. laughs> I remember going from stealing your cake bites on your countertop to you were on TV mm-hmm. and you use social media like incredibly well. And so I want to talk about some of the, maybe the big tipping points that you experienced early on that kind of gave you maybe momentum and encouragement to keep going. Sure. And then also how you're using social media today because it's super creative. And I see, um, I see you making pastries and it's like locks me in all of a sudden I'm like, <laughs> How is she, how how are they building making these pastries and it's like mesmerizing. Oh, yes. So I think that's really a unique way of how you're using social media, um, and maybe some tips for people on how if they maybe they have a little side hobby or something right now. Yeah. What would they? How would you recommend they use social media? Right. So talk about your early on hits because I remember seeing you on TV and I'm like, oh, she's like a big deal now. <laughs> no. Well. Um, well, so probably the the biggest one, like before we actually opened our doors, we were contacted by the Rachel Ray show and they had this little snippet on her show that's called the snack of the day. And kind of the guidelines is that it has to be like a fairly small independently owned company that they feature. And so we provided cake bites for, um, for her studio audience. And it was just this tiny little blurb that, that appeared on her show um, where she said five seconds, like, yeah, like 10 seconds long. Um, but then we received like local (coughs) press about it, you know? So I think that really helped snowball. I mean, we had, again, kind of been doing stuff in the community before then. Um, and then we had our store opening and then we, you know, we were able to say featured on the Rachel Ray show. Uh, and then Disney reached out to us and we catered, you know, the premiere of one of their Hollywood or in Hollywood, one of their movies. And then Cupcake Wars re- reached out. I mean, it just kind of like the next kind of thing kept snowballing, you know, opened up the opportunity for the yeah, next thing. Yeah. Kept going, yeah. Kept going. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, we've had we've had some really cool opportunities. We've been on, you know, a few different shows. On you weren't the- just on cake. 
Cupcake Wars. So yeah. So tell us we, uh, what um, the outcome was there. Well, we won. So I've been on. She's so humble. Like I have to, I have to like. <laughs> I told her before this. I'm like, you're gonna have to embellish. I know it's gonna be hard for both of you. Yeah. But like you've done. Yeah, you're super humble it's, about it. Like you won it. Yeah, we won. That's kind of a big deal. It was deal. cool. It was super fun. Yeah. And then it went on a few more times. Didn't necessarily have the same outcome, but it yeah. was still great exposure. Super Good great experience. exposure. Yeah. Um, and we went on QVC. I don't know if people know what that is, but it's like yeah. um, we went on there a dozen times or so. We sold 36,000 cake bites in seven minutes. 36,000 cake bites in seven minutes. Yeah. So that was interesting. <laughs> that was interesting. Ethan's sitting there like, yeah, the, the accounting, the supply chain, the, yeah. all that. He's like going and I'm like, like the whole process. My, we had two days from the time the air that came off air. We had two days to fulfill that order uh, to get him out the door. And so uh, production of cake bites went into overdrive. Hyper. We yeah. had Hyper. Double, you know, a do, uh, dozen extra people, two shifts. We were, and I was and like, we were there my... the whole time, both shifts, just trying to. To make it work. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but... So what, four or five times on Cupcake Wars? Yeah, and then QVC. Yeah. And she ended up going back on the Rachel Ray show. Rachel Ray time. show again. They did a follow-up because she had grown yeah. so much since then. She's <laughs> done know. three. She's, like, still hesitant. I'm, like, I'm, I'm having to tease this out of her. Like, you've done a lot of good things. Like, yeah. three uh, Hollywood premieres. The last one was Thor Ragnarok. We did Thor Ragnarok okay. just in the fall. Which is a lot of fun. I stayed. Yeah. I stayed at home. I didn't With the kids. With our, yeah. I, it was right before. So we have six kids, I should say. that's, And we've done, you know... They, We've just toted them around this whole yeah. time, you know. We've, I mean, we've had some really great help, family and cousins and friends that like lived with us and helped with the kids. But yeah, he, it was like a Cupcake month. Cupcake Wars was the best because it was down in California, so she would spend like, three days of filming <laughs> in the <laughs> studio, and, he, yeah. and I'd take the kids to the beach. I yeah, just, you know, <laughs> that was my job. Yeah. So I think I think you touched on a bunch of things. There's so many things. This, this podcast can go on forever, but like. You're obviously you're a working mom yeah. with how many kids again? Say that again. Six. Six kids. You just had your sixth five months yeah. ago, six months six ago? Six months ago, yeah. And <sighs> the whole purpose <laughs> of this like podcast is to help people feel like capable. Like what you've done is almost impossible, right? Like Ethan, you you kind of head up like the operations and like the business side of the business and like how is it working together? Like you have a lot of you have six kids. Yeah, a lot. You, you can have say a lot. you have a whole. You have half a dozen kids. Yeah, I know we did it all. And, it was strategic, yeah. like a half a dozen. You know. But like, how do you how do you manage that? Like as a family, because you got a lot. You have six kids. I have two, and, and I feel like I'm getting spread pretty thin with like soccer and like stuff like that. But like, Ethan always says, with the right amount of neglect, anything is possible. <laughs> That's my mantra that Ethan, I go to. Ethan and I are we're both outdoorsmen. I know you like going outdoors with your kids and like spending outdoor you know outdoor time. Yeah. And that's probably one way you connect with your kids. Well, there's like, there's a lot of work for family. Yeah. Take making sure their needs are met. You have like you've already touched on employees and the stores and the franchise, the partnerships that we have. There's a lot of work, and so it is important for me to be able to step away from it yeah. and and find some solace. We've so, been in the mountains a few times together, huh? Yeah, I can <laughs> breathe a little deeper up there. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. How do you how do you do it? Because this is important for you as well. Well, like, and our listener who's going to be. Yeah. So. Um, I still, like, I love what I do so much. Like, for me still, when I can get in the zone and just decorate a cake or work on a recipe, 
that for me is like the equivalent of going up oh, in the mountains yeah. still. Okay. Um, but I mean, as far as like how we did it, it kind of goes back. Like my personality is such that's just like we made a decision to do this together and we have to, to do what it takes to fulfill those obligations. Again, my dad would always say like, I'm a slave to duty mm. and I can do that cheerfully. I can do that. I could choose to do it uncheerfully, but I would rather, I would rather have that kind of perspective. And, um, you know, what that means for me is a lot of late nights, odd hours, taking kids to the office, um, you know, kind of, we have an incredible support network just in our, in our neighborhood and family and friends. And so being able to offload, you know, even now, like during the summertime, like, Hey, do you want to have the, you know, the kids for today yeah. <laughs> while we go up to work? Um, but I just, yeah, I mean, it, I often think, look back and reflect and ask, like, how did we do it with all yeah. these littles? When we first opened, we literally turned one of our, um, like a room, it used to be a bathroom, turned pantry, turned like a little nursery. And we would like take the two little kids put them there. We had to put carpet down. We had toys. And we just, TV we took DVD them along. Player in there and... and, you know, now fast forward again, almost 10 years and like, we'll bring our kids in to the warehouse and we'll let, have them label stickers. We had them there over the weekend, washing the windows and sweeping. I mean, we're trying to instill within them work this, ethic. this work like ethic. Yeah. And I think it's neat, especially to see nowadays, like for our kids to see, you know, mom, mom works, mom gets to work with dad and they, you know, they make it work and they get to be part of it. And so it's funny, Jack, our oldest, he's almost 12, but the other day he was like, do I get to take over the family business <laughs> at some point? You get to buy like, the family business yeah. for all this yeah. sweat equity. Of he obviously doesn't happened. know what that means. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. But the work to that. One of the but, things yeah. that I think is impressive, because I've known you for those 10 years roughly is that you've been able to do all that go from really building this in your home to nine locations, 150 employees, all the wonderful things you've accomplished without losing, I think the, the most important perspective, which is your family. Like you haven't let that, the successes or the failures really uh, dictate the, the outcome on your family. Right. It's just, right. it's, you're not, um, you're not defined by your business. Right. right. You're you're more focused on your family. Right. And a lot of people, it's it's either or. Like right. I could be super successful and never be home. Yeah. Um, or I can have a poor relationship with my wife and like but I can have a hundred million dollar business. Yeah. Like you you can trade those things off pretty easily and a lot of people will, but from what I've seen, now I don't know if Ethan maybe he's a closet uh, <laughs> I don't know. I was, yeah, gonna, say, I was gonna say yeah. something I was gonna say something mean to him, <laughs> But like from what I see, you guys have a really great relationship. I mean, you you work hard. I'm sure it's not easy all the time. We still like each other. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty great. I think that it goes back to your definition of success. Just anyone's personal definition of success. For Megan and I, family is a huge part of just personal success. If our family's not doing That's well true. and the business is, yeah. we're not feeling successful. Yeah. Um, now, there's a balance there. Uh, and it was tough early on because we would take kids to board meetings or in, I remember sitting in a, 
in a conference room with our landlord signing a lease that was, you know, 200 pages long and our little daughter was, <laughs> yeah. you know, a few months old. Not he was, situation. He was Yeah, not necessarily uh, But then we would, you know, we would bring him to the office, but then sometimes we'd have to stay at home and um, we'll work late nights. I remember going to get stuff at two in the morning at Walmart because we had forgotten to order something. Yeah. And, and um, we eventually were able to what I call create arenas where when we get home, we put everything down and we work on kids mm-hmm. and we spend time with them. Um, and that allows us to be when we're at the office. Sometimes the kids are there and whatnot, but they know that mom and dad are working or getting getting stuff done. And and part of that is that duty that we have a responsibility to to get what we need to done from nine to five as best we can. Now, sometimes it doesn't always stay in well, those hours. But yeah, and, and we can get kids down, have family time, and then you make the sacrifice to go back up or... You know, like to yeah. go back up to the office, get stuff done, or continue to work, so that when you have those arenas, that you're present and you're there. And yeah. Yeah. I think it's important for kids to see that, like, it's not just a dream. Like, yeah. it's not, you know, you, there is actually working being done, right? Yeah. And they can see that in a more intimate setting versus saying just having a nine to five job. Not that's not to say having a nine to five job is a bad thing. No, but not at all. The path that you've chosen affects your kids too. Absolutely, right? I mean, yeah. it it really is a yeah a different path. One the, of the things. Uh, no, go, go ahead. ahead. The other thing I was going to mention. Um, try not to get too far <laughs> away from your microphone here, is that we work well together because we're somewhat opposite in some of the duties. Um, Meg's very creative; she has that vision, and and so I feel kind That's of the first this. time you heard that. I've heard, so kind of you to say. <laughs> She's also beautiful. Oh, Patience. okay. Wait, keep going. No, uh, and so I don't feel like I have mm. to speak for the vision or what are we doing with this brand and you know years? it's taken care of because it's and she hands. is able to be the visionary yeah. uh, and where i can kind of take a more managerial role of saying okay if that's the vision how do we execute that on a weekly and a daily and a, and a monthly basis um what systems do we need to put in place to be able to make that happen mm-hmm. and uh she doesn't have to worry about those things which allows that creative so mind lucky. to continue to yeah. to, <laughs> to flourish so you actually got you you mesh really well with what your strengths are Right. Yeah. Well, and people kind of, you know, I get I get it a lot. Like well, friends will be like, oh, if I had to work with my husband, I'd die. You know, like kind of that if I had to be with him every day <laughs> type of thing. And I just I don't I don't know. I still like him. He's like my best buddy. And we do such like he was saying, we do such different things that it's not like you're not competing. We're not like this every yeah. day, like eight inches away, just working on the same <laughs> thing, you know. So and we're able to kind of, yeah, play on play on our strengths that are kind of at opposite ends of the business spectrum. And so, yeah. so it Do works. We divide and conquer a lot. Yes, <laughs> divide and conquer. And, and it tells, you could tell, I mean, visually from the outside, you could tell that you guys work really well together. I want to I wanna ask a couple questions. Some of them might be hard. Okay. Uh, or at least, at least uh, with, Go and answer these us. like with the listener in mind. Like what would be, what would you be considered a regret maybe on the business, on, on the career side? Maybe it was a bad decision or, or, cause I think a lot of people t- sometimes feel if I make a bad decision, I must be bad at making decisions always. Mm-hmm. And so they stop making decisions. And so I know that for me, when I make a bad decision and a regret, I try to separate myself from it and, and be a little bit nicer to myself so that sure. I'm not afraid or gun shy of making decisions Another, going forward. Yeah. So like what would be one, and you don't have to go into great detail, but like maybe just what the impact was. Um, and then I've got a couple questions that I want you to answer for our listeners okay. as well. 
Do you want to go Let first? Me start? Uh, it is a tough question because there are a lot of regrets. Uh, there are a lot of um, missteps that happen. Um, a lot of what we have learned about business um, has been trial and error. Mm-hmm. And those are the most expensive lessons because you end up spending a ton of your capital on fixing them. Um, you spent money on making the decision and then you have to spend twice as much to fix it. Um, you spend a lot of time and energy and you get exhausted because of those missteps. Uh, I think one of the biggest, maybe not regret, but just one of the biggest um, um, missteps, maybe I'll relabel, yeah. <laughs> uh, was the like first it. time we closed a store. We had to go to the landlord and say, we're not able to make the rent and, um, and this isn't the right location for us. Um, and there was still some months of rent left and so we had to figure out a way to, to make that happen. Um, it was frustrating for me because um, here we had built this brand and we had one store that was underperforming and we thought it's, uh, it's not doing what it needs to do and we can take and do another store somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's almost like this personal reflection of like, what's wrong with me? Why am I, what's, what, why am I not making these decisions correctly? Um, if you take a step back or if you're looking at it from the outside, it's just a store that wasn't the right spot, wasn't the right uh, center, uh, just needs to move. But unfortunately, you don't look at that as a business owner. You look at it as like, what's wrong with a me? What have I you, done wrong? Yeah, the decision and, you made must be a reflection on you. Exactly, and so uh, you take it personal and, and it's uh, difficult to overcome that. Um, but that's where it's, I think, again, been helpful for us to have each other on off hours, right? Because I will be able to kind of voice some of these frustrations and concerns and she'll be able to talk me mm-hmm. down off the ledge. Um, but at the same time, you have these missteps. That, and that's why I call missteps is that you learn so much more in the missteps yeah. than from the successes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we were talking about this about a month ago. Um, I've I've been trying to go back to the gym and <laughs> mitigate some of that. <laughs> some of like, what has, has happened yeah, to me over the last ten years. Hard for you looking at this right here, like I'm I'm like tempted right now. Yeah. Uh, no, the point I'm making there though is that that I've been really excited because I've been hitting these personal records of of um, you know um, different lifts. Um, you know, lifting has always been important to me. So. <laughs> So he's very strong. <laughs> but what is a strong guy? The, no, the um, the epiphany that I had was that like it's frustrating when you're there, you feel unsuccessful, you're sweaty, you're tired, your muscles are sore, you ache for two or three days after, yeah. uh, and and uh, but then you grow and you develop, and your so you have get bigger. you have all this pain that that you go through, but if you persevere through that. Then, pays, then you right? you benefit from yeah. it. And, At some and point, so, you, you come out. Exactly. So you you lose a store, uh, you close it, but you learn, okay, well, parking was awful there. The tenants that were next to us were not very complimentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there were some staffing issues that we would have done differently. Mm-hmm. You learn all these things, and but you they're expensive lessons. Yeah, you wouldn't but, otherwise learn. Yeah, you know? but those are the things that define the future successes because now you can make even better decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, I think that's also another point where people stop or they or they 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 quit, right? Mm-hmm. And they they say, okay, I, I failed, I made bad decisions, I'm not an entrepreneur, or I'm not going to be as successful as I thought I was. Whereas if you know if they would have continued through, maybe changed some of the way they're managing things, or close this location, let's go find another one that's better. Like here's 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 a land development 
project that this is right. this is where we really want to be. Right. Right. Um, constantly being resilient. Do you have a do you I, have one? Well, so yeah, without going into like super super specifics, yeah. I think one one thing that well, I think the the worst decision is indecision because it forces a decision, right? Yeah. So there have been and usually a bad decision, right? Yeah, and and so there have been there have been instances, circumstances where we're just like uh, kind of in limbo, like I don't know, I don't know. We talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And then just it's at something's that point gonna happen. something's going right, to happen, happen, and it's quote unquote out of your control at that point, right? Yeah. And so. And so I think those are also kind of the painful ones where you're like, ugh, we should have this. We should not have just not addressed it or whatever it is. And so um, so kind of in hindsight, you know, that again, that sting, that that sting is the the biggest lesson. And so I think it's it kind of helps us remember, like, no, we have to decide on this now (laughs) because we don't want the decision to be made for us. Yeah. You might as well have some say in the decision. Um, Well, once you've made a decision, the anxiety goes away. Yeah. You have so much anxiety leading up. What if this happens? What if this doesn't happen? And as soon as that decision is made, it's almost like a switch in your head flips. Mm -hmm. And the anxiety goes away, at least for me. And then now, okay, I've made the decision. Now I just have to see it through. Yeah. 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 Um, What do you think think your biggest piece of advice for a young – a young entrepreneur, male or female, or a middle-aged entrepreneur, somebody that wants to get into starting their own business, or maybe they have a hobby right now that, that could be a business. Yeah. Like, what do you think that your biggest piece of advice to them would be right now? Um, I mean, it's going to sound so cheesy, but it's like, follow your gut, follow your heart, cultivate your passion, stick with it. That goes back to like having your why, like yeah. really defined, right? Absolutely. Yeah, because because at the end of the day, you're that's what you're gonna go back to, like that that passion for what it is that you want to do, or if you have this thought, this idea, this impression that won't go away, like just don't ignore it because it it can turn into something really great, um, and, and or you you'll just always have that assurance of like, okay, I clung to it, I gave it a go. And maybe it didn't pan out the way I thought it would. But you're not going to live your life with this like, oh, man, I should have done this. Yeah, I don't. Because that's like regret. That's that's a huge regret for me. It's like, regret sucks. This is the worst. Yeah. And then just also like, honestly, you can figure it out. You can make it work. Like there are so many resources now, whether it's friends, family, who've, who've started a business of their own or just to have like a sounding board there's forums online i mean if you have if you need a loan there's easier time there's probably no easier time to get easier time especially like for women right the small business there's so many just little different programs that you can apply um you can go talk to people People are so willing i feel like that's one of the things that's been helpful for us too on this journey people who've been through it are really they really want to help people who are starting right because if there's any little tidbit of information or a takeaway that someone can that we could provide to someone who's listening like that would just be so great because we want to help people learn from our mistakes um and learn from you know our successes as well but there's just 
like you can figure it out. And if you feel like you can't, go talk to somebody who's done it before because yeah. they'll be able to help you, you know? You probably experience this. You get so much satisfaction <laughs> from just sharing some little tidbit that you learned yeah. the hard way yeah. with somebody. Now they're not going to have to learn it the hard way. Yeah. I, I There's so many people I like, share. I like that. And I, I am a huge proponent of what you just said. Like ask somebody who's, who's done it before. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised who you could reach out to. I mean, talk about either some athlete or some businessman or woman. Oh, for sure. Like most people really want to help mm-hmm. somebody that's hungry. Yeah. And if they can see that they're coming to them and asking for advice, the, all it takes is a tweet, mm-hmm. an Instagram message. Like I, I before you go into what your recommendation, Ethan, would be, but like I, th- I always look back it now more than any time in the history of the world, there are more opportunities to work for, for sure. yourself, to build a business, to be self-sufficient without having to reinvent technology. Like technology is like this great equalizer. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. I'm not a tech guy, but I use it every single yeah. day to build my businesses. And like yeah. what you said of, of being able to ask the right people and then take advantage of opportunities. Like yep. it's not going to be easy, but it is so possible and there's so many outlets and resources and free software and, yep. and, and f- free advice, good advice yeah. that you can make it happen. Like, and there's no room doubt. for everyone. Like there's room for all the ideas, Absolutely. you know? There's room for everyone. Yeah. What would you What would you um, like suggest to somebody? I'd <laughs> echo what Meg said. I think that just do it. I think that if you don't, that regret will eat you up. I think that's difficult. I, I think it's important to kind of ask yourself why you want to do it. I think that the reason for that is that that question or that answer to that why you want to do it will get you through a lot of the frustrating times. Mm-hmm. If you want to do it because your friends are doing it or because uh, it's an opportunity in the market and you, you don't want to get left behind, yeah. people, that'll yeah. go away. Yeah. You'll, it won't carry you through the toughest times. But if you can say, no, this is a core part of who I am and, and this is why I want to do it, hold tight to that as much as you can yeah. because it'll carry you through. And it'll keep you, your, as you experience the success as well, it'll keep you on the right path. You're not going to deviate from that course to chase, um, you know, the successes that changes who you are, or who your business is, or who you mm-hmm. want your business to be or what you want your business to be rather. And so I think that's important. Um, We've had a ton of people that have helped us along the way. Had a ton, a yeah. Ton of uh, like mm-hmm. she's commented on our neighbors that help with the family and, and the kids and stuff. But like but business, business advisors. Yeah, and, that's um, another thing. I think partners. Yeah. A lot of people can oftentimes say, "I, I this is what look what I did. I built this." But you have really there's no one who's built anything without the help no. of either employees, teams, family, yeah. uh, mentors, whatever it might be. I would add to and echo what you both have said of like creating your why, make sure it's really clear and that it's it's something that you can default back to. I always carry a notebook with every everywhere I go and I tell all of our employees um, and all of our sellers for the, the current company that I am running, write your goals and your visions down. You're, you're 40% more likely to accomplish them. But before you even do that, like write your why. Mm-hmm. Your why might be your kids. You might be a single mom. You might be a single dad. You might have lost five jobs in a row. You might have five different failures, you know, starting a business, whatever it might be. But writing your goals down and having your why visually to where you could see it every single day. Like I started uh, my recent company in 2011, but I actually didn't, didn't start it until 2014. Like it was in my mind, it was in my book for three years, right? 
constantly going and adding to it. And it, I, no doubt that was a big, um, benefit to me to have it written down for years because I could think about it and go back to it and be like, if I were to change it, what would it be like? And what, what, what do I want it to mean to people? And so I think, I think you're absolutely right. You have to have a really defined why, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's your default. That's the only, that's a safe place you can go back to when the bills come in. Yep. Right. For sure. Exactly. For sure. Hey, I want to thank you both for coming in today. I have one last question. What's your favorite cupcake? (laughs) You have to have one. Uh, I, I like default the cupcake? toasted coconut cupcake. It's a texture thing. Uh, but the trick is to eat it, I have to tear the bottom of the cupcake off, place it on top, <laughs> and eat it like a well, cupcake hamburger. Like cupcake sandwich. <laughs> cupcake That's a pro tip for you. <clears throat> well, and this might come as a surprise or a shock like to them. most people. I'm kidding. My favorite cupcake is actually a chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> you like I am way more of a cookie brownie bar person than I am a cupcake person, truthfully. But I'm also like a, a peanut butter freak, so I love the peanut butter cupcake, the Reese's peanut butter cupcake. Yeah. How many – I'm just more out of so curiosity. Many. How many skews do you have or how many like oh, variants? Because this geez. is going to go into like you're the visionary, like vision factory, and then you're like the – the production factory. <laughs> You're so the you have to marry those two. So like, we have um, we have hundreds of recipes, but hundreds. in the in the bakery on any given day, we have what twelve to fifteen There's flavors it. of cupcakes. Yeah, we have six to ten flavors of cookies. We have various brownies and bars. Our cake bites are little signature items that we're about known a dozen for. flavors of those. But every yeah. month, we switch two or four flavors out of each of those categories and replace okay. it with something else. Yeah. And then those don't come back around till the fall. Kind of got to create the, the demand. Yeah. yeah. We'll keep it. We want to have staples yeah. for our customers. But at the same awesome. time, there's... there's people, people, want, people want variety as well. Like, yeah. they exactly. probably don't order the same thing every yeah. single time. Yeah. Well, and it's been fun too because, like, as you were mentioning, we've, we're now shipping online. Yeah. Um, but recently I partnered with a, a local company to kind of put to reality some of the like crazy, what I call crazy ideas, but just like cake decorating tools and kits and different things. And so not only can people order like our treats online, but now we have like cake stands and sprinkles so, and party. So tell us where people can find so, that. Where, where can people find you online on social media? Because I, I think a lot of our listeners, a lot of our customers love Sweet Tooth Fairy, especially here in Utah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, they actually send them to us as gifts <laughs> because they know we love them. That's but like, so tell great. us where can people find <clears> you <throat> and maybe a new, some me. of the new products that you're... Yeah, so... You just um, recently launched the yeah, cool cake stand. Yeah, really so cool. we have... So you can find us, our handle is at Sweet Tooth Fairy, um, but our website is thesweettoothfairy.com. Okay. Um, but yeah, we have our products like in Joann's and Sir Tub and... You can get them on Amazon and Bed Bath and Beyond and whatnot. Um, and then I can I am allowed to say this, but is this a secret? This Are is you a revealing secret. a secret? Yes. Today. Today. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing a cookbook. Are you serious? I'm doing a cookbook. Yeah. When does it come out? So it'll come out in um, the spring. Okay. But so that'll be super exciting. It's not going to be like Sweet Tooth Fairy. It's not going to be the recipes that like people could go on the. It's not the store. Is it? Is it like a savory tooth fairy? Because that's yeah. like that's where you could get me. <laughs> It'll it eventually. I will do a savory one, but I had to start with yeah, sweets just because it was like the natural progression of things. But 
But yeah, so that's that's been a really that fun has, thing to <clears throat> That's been occupying her time from about 12.30 to about 3.30 a.m. And then we, yeah, I'm like, go to work all day. <laughs> then I come home and I'm working on my cookbook. We joke so. that sometimes success is the fruit of insomnia. Yeah. yeah. And I love this. I, I think I heard this from a commercial. But like, you're the, you're the type of people to avoid, you'll work 80 hours a week to avoid working 40. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. That's... True. I didn't yes. hear that until after we so started. So true. It's you so thought you were true. signing up for 40 hours a week. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's awesome. Times that by yeah. three. More excited. It's been a wild ride. It's been fun. So thesweettoothfairy.com and Sweet Tooth Fairy on Instagram and Facebook. You're on there. Yeah. I'm, are you okay if I say, hey, some of our listeners have questions or they want to reach out to you? They totally. Can, they can contact you that yeah, way. Yeah, I'd love to. That's, um, yeah, that's awesome. Especially if somebody... It, it, Again, the whole purpose of the podcast is like help people live better lives and like see people like yourselves doing amazing things despite all the obstacles and trials that you face um, and being being realistic about it because I think a lot of people think, oh man, I want to own my own business. It's going to be the best yeah. day ever and it's not. Yeah. It's like you're, you're riddled with but it is decisions possible. you have to, yeah. but you can it's make it realistic. to where you're happy and content with two wins out of seven weeks or out of seven days, yeah. right? Like. Well, and you have, you know, there's this, we, he and I, we go back and forth a lot. There's like this great sense of responsibility, but there's also this great sense of flexibility, yeah. right? So at any given day, one or the other might be, might be leading out, but, yeah. but you know, you have the flexibility to go in the mountains and. Yeah. How many times have I like you texted you or you text me, Hey, you want to go to the mountains? We're like, yeah, yeah, let's go. Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. No yeah. Let's like, yep. Let's go. Yep. Grab my <clears throat> backpack. All right. Hey, I want to thank you thank both. You. You're, you. you're a great inspiration. You're obviously both really good friends with me and my wife, and, and I'm glad that you came on to share your story. Thank you. So we're going to send this to our uh, listeners, and I'm sure some people are going to be ordering some Sweet Tooth Fairy because it's addictive. Oh, you're so sweet. We should do a, a code. Let's do it. Shake the Earth. Should we do a yeah, shake the so earth let's code? do shake the earth code and anybody that wants to shake the earth. So that's the name of the podcast. Use that code and you're going to get surprised from the sweet tooth fairy. Yeah. Let's so, do it. Okay. Awesome. Thank Thanks, you guys. Thank you. Appreciate it.